0: Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com.
1: Yeah, I looked it up, December
2: 2006, some mutual friends of the Letchies and the Richters sort of brokered a thing. Well, I've heard this guy preach, I think he might be a good fit for sitting on a hill, I don't know, and so, you know, took a bold move there and asked me to preach at your Christmas uh, banquet 2006, and the text I preached on is the one I'm going to preach on today. And uh, so it's kind of full circle, and I'm also quizzing those of you that, uh you know, to make sure you remember, yeah. Yeah. Dismiss the... I was about to... I was about to dismiss the kids. This is... I'm new here. This is... This is definitely not appropriate for children, this message. Get there. So, dismiss the kids. Kiddos? Yeah. (laughs) So many things I'm going to miss. Jackie was like, you're sad. I was like, I am sad. And uh, I'll be honest, City on a Hill, I just you know words cannot express how much this church has blessed me my friendship with uh, the lechies in particular but so many and uh, i'm going to miss i'm going to miss pastor joe Lecce's announcements i'm going to miss i'm going to miss joe and trying to do a southern accent i mean it's priceless uh, so special and uh, i got to be honest the announcements always get me encouraged to think about what this church does not just on sundays but throughout the week and in the community i'm just so proud of you i'm proud to be a part of it i think uh, everybody deserves a place like, like city on a hill. And, and what I mean by that is this, you know, when you pastor a church, there's, there's good things that happen and, and tough things. And you love the church that you're a pastor of, right? Why wouldn't you, you face good things and bad things, but city on a hill, it's like just a steady stream of encouragement in my life. That's what I feel like. I walk out of here blessed. I walked out of here, I walk out of here pumped up. And I think in some, in no small measure, city on a hill has been the encouragement that uh, has really helped me minister at my church in Queens all these years, you know? It's just like a faucet, a steady stream of encouragement to me and to the Richters. That's how we feel, and that's hard to replace. It's impossible to replace. And so I just know that uh, it's really, uh, it's bittersweet, and I love you. And uh, anyway, I thought about what, you know, talk about one word. What could I leave you with, right? What would it be? And over the years, I think if I tried to sum up, you know, the direction I come from, I try to do two things and and I feel them in every sermon that I preach. Perhaps my listeners feel them. But when you think about one word, it comes down to really one of two things, one of two things and it's hard to know which to pick. It's hard to know what to choose, right? I don't even know which to tell you first, like, like option one, I guess I'll go this direction. Option one. I hope that when people, you know, hear me preach the word of God and they think about a life with God, I hope that they would walk out of here and they would say, you know what? I would say this thing comes down to joy. That there's great joy in following Jesus. That there's great joy in a life submitted to God. There's such joy in the people of God and in the fellowship of God and gathering corporately to worship. I hope people realize this thing is about joy. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to leave them with? I'm going to leave you with just straight joy. There's this other word I thought about. And while there's great joy, I always try to be honest with people. When Jesus calls someone, he calls them to come and die, to die to themselves, to be obedient. And so this other word, I would say, is cost. There's great cost to follow Jesus. And I thought, what should my parting theme be? Should it be great joy or should it be great cost? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Is it great joy? Is it about the peace and the love and the blessings? Or is it about great cost? As preachers, listen, I'll confess, we're the worst. We end up on one end of this pendulum or the other. You know, I grew up as a kid in Kentucky in a, you know, a fundamentalist, you know, sort of a uh, uh, Southern Baptist church down there. It was a great church. Those so people love the Lord. But a lot of their, a lot of their sermons, let's, let me just say, tended toward the cost end of the spectrum. And so I'd be sitting there and my friends and they would have a youth service. And, you know, this is, we're going to have a youth revival. And the youth, I'm not kidding. The youth speaker was 400 years old. And they would get this up. and like, My dad was German and my mom's a Brontosaurus. Get up there and point this bony finger at us, young people. You want to follow Jesus? There's no more fun, no more happiness, no more frivolity. Wipe that smile off your face. I'm like, do it, man. He will kill us, right? The cost of a disciple, the path of a disciple, and it always came down, no matter what. It came down to your friends. Oh, your friends, your friends, your friends. I need to go. Your friends are nothing but minions of Satan who want to drag you down into the pits of debauchery and wickedness in which they live. And I remember looking up down the pew and my friend's like, well, he's right, but I love him. I like him. Right? Path of a disciple is a lonely path. You want to follow Jesus though none go with you. Will you still follow? It? And I remember being 12 years old looking at my best friend Jeff in church going, it's over, Jeff. <laughs> And poor Jeff's like, but Tom, I'm a Christian too. Don't you think we could like walk this road together? I'm like, Jeff, don't make this harder than it has to be. You heard Colonel Sanders. It's over between us, right? And Jeff was imaginary. And I look, they never, they never see that coming. It's always a curveball. I look back on that and I think, hey, honestly... It's hard to say that the guy was altogether wrong. There's great cost in following Jesus and it, there's a sacrifice there. Oh, how the pendulum has swung. Oh, how the pendulum, now you turn on the TV. You don't hear any of that, do you? Now the opposite error is often made. Come follow Jesus. He'll make your life better. He'll make everything better. He wants you to be debt free. He wants you to just, just whatever you envision, name it and claim it. I always want to be in the crowd when somebody says that and raise my hand. I name and claim your private jet. (laughs) Well, this is awkward, but come on. Right. Is that really, is that just place your hand on the nail scarred hand of Jesus and together you and Jesus frolic through meadows of happiness as he leads you beside some babbling brook as an old, you know, long Island Oak tree gives off its leaf to a light gingerly upon a stream that winds into a horizon of azure bliss and wonderment or whatever. And you go, this guy, what, what planet is he on to promise me that I'll never be sick. I'll never have failure. I'll never experience pain. It's just all about the joy. And yet he's onto something too. You know what I mean? Like, there is great joy. It's like, oh, which is it, church? Is it cost or joy? In fact, this half the church, look at them over there. Look at their smiling faces. They think it's all about the joy. And you know what? They've forgotten there's a cost. So on the count of three, I need you to help me remind them that when it comes to following Jesus, fundamentally... It's about the cost. Okay, that's how I want you to say it. It's about the cost. Think grumpy pirate. He's got scurvy. He's he's had a bad day. It's about the cost. Can you tell him that? Look at him over there. Hey, what does it mean to follow Jesus? One, two, three. It's It's about the cost. Would you listen to these grumpy gusses, huh? Let's help them out a little bit. and Remind them. Come on, follow Jesus. I want you to say on the count of three. It's about joy. Okay. (laughs) The finger wag helps you hit the high note. You ready? Here we go. Tell them on the count of three. Hey, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Tell them one, two, three. (laughs) You're you're really, you're great at that. If only, right? If only there was some ancient text, if only there was some wisdom by which God would help us see, is it great cost to follow Jesus? Or is it great joy to follow Jesus? How can I say that either of these, I mean, if if your fundamental approach is is that it's just about the cost, what kind of witness are you going to be to your friends at work? you should come follow jesus why Uh, because he's giving me great joy really bro because i like never see joy in your life are you sure you have joy oh i have joy well where is it it's down in my heart deep so deep it will never see the light of day deep down in my heart right on the other hand, if all you know about the following Jesus is the joy, what happens the first time you experience real pain? You'll think, I didn't sign up for this. Which is it? Is it a great cost or joy? <clears throat> Jesus does, of course, in one verse. What It would take me infinite number of careers of ministry to get across. In one verse, he forever solves this it's in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, one verse. This isn't some like preacher trick where I say one verse in conclusion. And like 30 minutes later, it's like, this is it just a verse. Uno verso. I (laughs) should have thought that through. I don't know the word for verse. You ready? The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. I'll reread it and I'll emphasize ever so subtly because I think it's clear. I'm known for subtlety. That's <laughs> when I get to the part that emphasizes the cost in this scripture, I want my cost people. I want you to say, that's right. Can you do that for me? That's right. That's right. Okay. Just yell it out when you think there's, a... you're like, but what if I yelled out at the wrong time? Uh-huh. Bro, I, I got you. Okay. <laughs> And for you all, when I get to a portion that you think is about joy, I want you to say, hallelujah. Here we go. Again, it'll be subtle. See if you can figure out which part is yours. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Ever understand? Jesus says, "Kingdom of heavens." Like a guy looking looking to buy a field. I don't know. Stock market's been so crazy lately. Maybe real estate is a good investment for my hard-earned denarii. He's surveying the field and he thinks, "Well, you know, I I could put some." It's a good field. I don't know. It'd be, whoo, it'd be at the very, very, very top end of my budget. In fact, so it's probably outside of my budget. I would probably, I would have to liquidate all of my assets to be able to find this field. But I don't know. I could put a barn over there. I could put some irrigation over there if that's been invented. I could put some livestock. I mean, I think it'd be a way to, I just don't know if this field would be the kind of, when suddenly, What's that? At first, he thinks he's tripped over the protruding root of a tree, but there can be no tree, for it is a field. (laughs) Read your Bibles. So he goes in for a closer inspection. He digs it. He pulls it back, and he he sees protruding out of the ground what could be the corner of like like a little treasure. Is this a... Should this be a pause? Now, we have to leave him here. You need to understand some historical data that will make you appreciate why this guy's mind was blown. Back in the day, they didn't have banks that could keep our money safe. You know, like uh, uh, there was no system of, it's like you could go to the, you know, uh, Hebrew uh, National Bank and hot dogs and insert your ATM card and withdraw a camel and a head of cheese for the barter system or whatever. So you up. Instead, you had to keep your money safe. Why? Everybody was always overrunning other, other cultures, right? And so you would have, uh, uh, you would have the, 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 the Philistines and the uh, 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 Amalekites and the Hittites, Jebusites, Slagites, Slagmites, You had all these ites. And they were always overrunning each other, right? So there was always this violent thing. So the deal was this. <clears throat> when they would overrun you, they wouldn't kill everybody. They would take them into captivity. Okay? And they would, uh, until they, until they would be overrun. And so your hope was basically this, they would take the whole village's treasure. They would take everything. They would put it into one big treasure chest. The Philistines are coming. We have no power to fight them off. So they would, they would take all the treasure. They put it in one spot. They dig a hole, bury it, you know, put it in the ground. And as they're carried off into captivity, the hope was, you know, eventually somebody would overrun them. You could come back and start over with your your nest egg there. It wasn't just a little bit of treasure. It was the whole village's treasure. Millions and millions of dollars to be equivalent. And there, uh, uh, it was waiting for you. Now, it was not common, but altogether not unheard of. It was almost like one of those urban legends that there would exist out there in these fields somewhere, these treasures that like nobody had ever come back for. Does that make sense? It's almost like unclaimed freight. And so, it, it, you know, it could be that somebody died in captivity, or it could be that, that they just forgot where they buried it, whatever. But the rule was very simple. The law was clear. Whoever owned the field owns everything in it. You with me? Yeah. So, so, so this guy knew all that. This would be like, if you were leaving here and, uh, driving home and, uh, uh, you just for fun, just went out and saw some field here in long Island and just thought to yourself, well, wouldn't it be fun just to see, like, I don't know, just be fun. And you go out and explore a field and your kids are like, come on, get back in the car. It's cold outside. Like, no, dad just wants to see it. He's just messing around. Just mind your own business. And you absentmindedly kick a rock and oil shoots up. You'd be like, honey, call the bank now. Right? Because man, there's mineral rights under here, right? You understand? Whoever owns the field owns this stuff. So this guy understood all that. Now you do too, so let's rejoin him. And he's thinking, man, is this one of the is this one of those treasures I've heard about where they, like he starts to do the math? He's like, wait a minute, if I if he pulls it open, Ugh. it's locked, so he has to kick the lock. Ah, sandals. Ah, pops the thing open. And there, inside, gold and diamonds and rubies, and the guy's like shaking. He can't believe it. it's like millions of dollars. He's going, "Be cool, man. Be cool. Be cool." Then it hits him. Bing, light bulb. Well, for him, candle. He knows what he can do. If I sell, if I, I would have just enough. I think. I think it could work. If I just take this, it's stealing. I can't do that. So he digs a new hole. Jesus says, buries it. Takes a deep breath. Calmly as he can. He walks home. Liquidates everything. Right? Sells his camel. Sells his house. His wife's going out tonight. Putting on my new necklace. I'm selling your necklace. Why are you... Woman, trust me. Right? His kids tell anybody, right? His kids are playing with these toys, right? Daddy's selling your toys. Why is daddy crazy? Daddy will buy you more. I mean, he's got this wild look in his eye, right? So now let's keep track. They are now effectively homeless. Okay, they're eating at the soup kitchen that night. They have nothing. And the guy makes his way the next morning, knocks on the door, gives him the deed of sale, sir. I, I I know you've signed this and everything, but I, I, (laughs) you need to reconsider this no, I'm good. I've considered it. No, sir. You, come on. You wrote on here, all my earthly possessions like that. You, you don't need to, you need to hello. Emergency fund. Like, listen, you need to be a little more wise with your. No, I'm good. I'm good. Come on, man. Be reasonable. This is radical. I, I feel bad even doing this to you. Uh, well, that, don't It's all right. You got a deal. So now everything you own belongs to me. Is that right? That's right. Okay, here we go. Here's my wallet. It's yours now. Here's my lunch. Here's my sandal. Here's my other sandal. Here's a third backup sandal that I always carry. I don't know. Here's my toga. He's like, whoa, whoa. Right? What happens? Everything belongs to this man. You see? And that is, I think, in part, the point of Jesus' story. Is a great joy or great cost, I think the answer is yes. The great joy in following Jesus... to finally for once in your life go all in on something or someone and to say I'm all in on Jesus Christ it's everything and if it cost me everything it cost me everything I have found a richer treasure in the gospel one that's worth everything and I always wonder what did his friends think he's crazy what did the people at his work say I don't know what you're thinking. You're now homeless and sitting in a soup kitchen. And in a way, they're right, but in a way, they're wrong. Treasure untold. He can always replace that stuff later. He's going he's gonna to get all that back. But there's that moment when he had to make that decision. And you'd say he's crazy, but I'd say he's crazy not to, right? So which is it? Is it great cost to follow Jesus? Or is it great joy? It's both. I cannot deny there will be great cost to you. In fact, some of you might be thinking, if you're a theologically astute listener, you might be thinking, wow, give everything you have. Sell everything you have to give to the poor. Because, you know, Jesus asked people to do that. Sell everything you have. Give everything to Jesus. I hope Jesus never asked me to do that. If you are a Christian, he already has. Like, what are you talking about? Everything you have belongs to Jesus. Right now, you've already made that transaction, it's his. You know, I always I do this illustration from time to time. Psalm 24 verse one says the entire earth is the Lord's, the world and all that is in it belong to him. And just as a point of illustration, how many of you own a cell phone? Go ahead. Hands in the air. How many of you? own a cell phone? Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 24 verse one says the entire earth is the Lord's, the world and everything in it belong to him. So just as like a little survey, how many of you own a cell phone? Just hands in the air. <clears throat> Psalm 24 verse 1 says The entire earth is the Lord's The world and everything in it Actually belong to Him So just as a Don't raise your hand I'm driving home a point How many of you own a cell phone? That's right If you're a child of God The bill may go to Verizon But the phone belongs to God Everything belongs to God So you got to ask yourself It's not your phone anymore You're just a steward You just get to be the manager of it So you better use your phone You better ask yourself What would Jesus Snapchat? WWJSC What would Jesus tweet? Why? It's not my phone. I got a beautiful car out there. Jackie mm, swagger wagon. It's a Honda Odyssey. She has not yet let me paint flames on the side, but we're praying for her. I think most people pray for you, Jackie, a lot. <laughs> it's a good thing, but you know what? I realized that beautiful minivan. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to Jackie. It's the Lord's. So if somebody needs a ride, how can I tell them No, it's not my car. Right? What, the back of your shirt may say, made in Bangladesh, but it belongs to the property of heaven. Everything we have, it's his. It's already his. Is there a great cost in following Jesus? Yes. So be a good manager of everything that he puts in your hand. Your family, your family they're not yours. They belong to God. We're stewards. So there's great cost, but great joy. And one last thing remains to be said about this parable. And I'll sit down. The, um, uh, about a week after he told this story, give or take, give or take, um, you know what happened. Jesus went uh, through a mockery of a trial. Sure enough, just as he predicted when he made it to Jerusalem, there was a uh, rebel rousers that <clears throat> rise up against him, religious leaders inside of the people. They did not like what Jesus uh, had to say. <clears throat> and you remember the story? He went through a mockery of a trial. He was <clears throat> beaten. He was whipped. They put a crown of thorns into his head and he. They stretched his arms out on an old Roman cross. They drove nails in his hands, nails in his feet, and he hung there and he bled and he died. And you have to wonder, as the wrath of God is being poured out on Jesus, you think about that great cost that was paid. As the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus, you have to wonder if uh, when Jesus told that parable, in fact, it wasn't about us at all, that he was telling it about himself. That the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, And when a man found it, he went and sold all he had. In his joy, he went and sold all he had to buy that field. You almost wonder if... What if he was the one who had everything. He was the rich man. But what if he, what if Jesus was the one who though he was rich, he became poor, became a little baby, born into poverty, born in a manger, born in Bethlehem. What if he gave up heaven's throne room to come to that manger? What if he's the one who gave up everything, who, if you will, sold all that he had, he sold all of heaven's glory and all of heaven's riches to redeem, that means to buy, to purchase a big old field called planet earth. What if he is the one who gave up everything he had to purchase a big, huge field called planet earth? If that's true, that makes the treasure dead and buried in the field. What? You. And me. Wait, wait, Jesus. I'm sorry. Are you trying to tell me that you would leave heaven's throne room to give up all that to come to purchase earth so that I could be? Yes. Yes. Are you telling me you would take off your crown of glory and put on a crown of thorns for me? You think I'm worth that? Yes. Jesus, are you telling me that you would step out of heaven's throne room in glory and have your arms nailed to a Roman cross? Iron couldn't hold Jesus to the cross. Only love could have done that. He himself chose those nails. He himself came and he bled and he died. So he could say, not just with his lips, but with his life, death, and resurrection, I would give up the universe before I lost any one of you. Because the gospel, at infinite cost... To God, it says what? He did it in his joy. You, a lost sinner coming home, sets off a party in heaven. It's what makes God filled with joy. It's us that he wants to redeem you. That kind of of love, that kind of good news demands a response. And it's not a response that gives most of our heart, a lot of our mind, and as much of our soul as we can. It demands all. So are you all in? Will you continue to be for this community a city on a hill, a light that shows people? Yeah, it's great cost to follow Jesus, and you're willing to pay that cost, but we're doing it in great joy because He, at infinite cost to Himself, out of His joy, saved us and redeemed us. God, may you richly bless my brothers and sisters at City on a Hill Community Church. I thank you, Lord, for the possibilities and your promises that lie ahead for this church. I thank you for the great days that are ahead for this church. And Lord, I pray that they continue to be a city on a hill for this community, paying whatever costs, Lord, because we know there's great joy in you. Thank you for the good news of the gospel that empowers your people and overflows in a life of love to the community. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Thanks. Thanks, Joe.
3: You may be seated. When he gets free, he's going to be amazing. Not well, not only is it true in our personal lives that there's joy and this cost. But as the people of God in a community, there are seasons that are filled with great joy. There are Sundays you come in here and music's right on, preaching's right on. You can't get in the door, people are flocking in. Isn't it great? Yes, yeah, great being. In. Great being. Oh, I love City on a Hill. And there are Sundays where preaching's okay, music was pretty good. People are moving on for whatever reason. You know, we've been doing this for a long time, Joe and I. We've seen a lot of people come and go. Certainly it's true. There's a lot of joy. And and you want to say to people, you know, that get discouraged in a community because we have good seasons and bad seasons. There's nobody here that's a part of this community that hasn't been tempted Head out for the door and not come back. First of all, the pastors.
4: Good word. True.
3: Because there's great joy and great cost. Mm-hmm. There's good days in following Jesus that are filled with joy, and there's tough days. And I don't have to tell you that because you know it. Ah, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. But for city on a hill, this is bittersweet for us. You just don't know. You know, we've talked a lot. Pastor James has talked a lot recently about the providence of God. He just shows up in places you just don't expect him. He's so real, he's so alive, he's so involved in our lives, so involved in our community. Can't always see him. that's what Matthew 25 is all about, you know, the people that couldn't see him. What do you do when you can't see him? Do you invest? Do you use your talents? Because he's going to come back and he's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you, right? Well, we never expected to find a Tom Richter in our lives. (laughs) Frankly, family... You know, Joe and I aren't kids. We've been around the block a few times, as we shall say. Not a lot blesses us. Not a lot of people bless me anymore. Not like I'm saying I'm better. It's just that when you've been around, you know, you've heard it. There's something about this man that uh, when I first heard him, and it wasn't just his amazing gifting, which... Seriously, I mean, did you have to be so funny and good this morning? (laughs) Because he's not just funny and funny. He's giving you the word of God. You know, while you're not looking and while you're laughing, he's stabbing you. (laughs) And you think, oh, I thought that, ouch. You know, because he's really a man of God. And I, I can honestly tell you for Joe and for me and for James there's not a lot of people, we would just hand this pulpit over to and say, go for it, hear from God. And it isn't just the Tom we knew in the pulpit that you knew. Tom and Jackie, as we, the the chance we had to be around them. It was his humility and his authenticity that just, we just said, this is a man of God. And I just we just had no idea that God would ever bless us for 10 years, Tom,
1: with you. Yeah.
3: Your seed was planted here, and it's going to grow, brother. It's going to grow. We'll never, ever forget you. You'll be back. I know you'll be back. We'll come and get you, Jackie. Be- <laughs> we know you'll be back. But just like there are tough times in our personal life, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And just like there's tough times where Tom said, you don't own anything in this life. And you least of all do you own people. You don't own people. You don't own the people next to you. I don't care how blood-related you are. You don't own your kids' parents. You don't own your spouse. And we don't own Tom. And Tom doesn't own himself. And he heard from headquarters. And headquarters said, this is a new season for the Richters. And it hurts like anything for us. But you know what? Tom knows this, and Jackie knows this. The same Jesus that has brought Tom and Jackie here was faithful to us all the years before. He'll continue to be faithful to us city on a hill. We'll miss them. We're going to miss them. We're going to have tears. Ah. <sighs> But God's going to, he's got good things for them. He's got good things in store for us. Amen. Well, you may not know the whole story, but um, John and Elaine Canis went to Savile New Life Church. Um, is that it? New life New Life Community, community right? And Elaine came to me one day and said, you have got to come and hear this young man. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it. You need to come and hear this guy. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, well, it's a good chance to get out of church on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, okay, let me go hear him. And uh, so I did. I snuck out one Sunday. and You weren't quite as free in Sable as you've been on City on a Hill. Come on, let's tell the truth. You really weren't quite as free. But regardless, I sat there and I thought, I like this man. I like this man. My first time I heard him, I said, he's the real deal he really loves God and he's he's a man of God and I I was touched by him and so I thought maybe we can get him once in a while maybe we can pull him in once in a while Uh, you know we're in transition Doe and I obviously you notice we're getting older and James is you know um still teaches as well so uh we thought wow we'll be able to get him maybe hopefully and uh Shock of all shock, we asked, could we, you know, do you think we can get you a few, time, few times? And it was a sh- it was just blew us away that Tom was available. This man has been coming from Queens mm-hmm. twice, just about twice a month, all weather. Never called us and said, I, you know, I can't make it except one time. And I've, I'm still holding it against you, Tom.
2: <clears throat> it was on me. It was on me. It was a
3: storm. Okay. All right. So it was a storm. <laughs> but um, uh, he's, he's never failed to uh, give us the word of God, challenge us, love us, encourage us, make us laugh, make us see ourselves horrors, right? <laughs> but um, I've asked, uh, we have asked John and Elaine to come up and just say a few words because they are the ones who are responsible <laughs> for Tom, uh, for us meeting Tom. And uh, I asked them to come up and just say a few words, what their experience was in Sable. Um Oh, it was, uh, you know what? Bill, uh, Bob Brian, you were in Saville. I heard you weren't going to be yeah. here today, so I didn't. But we're glad to see you. But you were back in Saville, right, in the church, and so you met Tom there, right? And uh, so then we wound up stealing you from Saville, I
4: guess.
3: Sorry. He moved. He moved. Well, you moved. That makes me feel better. There you go. But uh, tell us a little bit about. Uh, how it, your experience with Tom how it started in Seville and uh, he said you first and you're a submitted wife so you better go first
1: <laughs> yeah. give
3: him a minute you're
1: going to no you go no. I know you're not used to <laughs> Yeah. no yeah, yeah. So Tom right Tom, Tom. right <laughs> yeah right. I, Don't worry about I, I, I remember I have no time, actually, much longer than, you're right, much longer than the ten years that he's been here, and I remember uh, sitting in New Life Church uh, many years ago. And uh, now I, don't, I would never confess in front of people like this that I would have s- slept in church, but uh, <laughs> I, was, I simply thought of myself as relaxing <laughs> with my eyes closed, and I got one of those wifely you know, elbows in the rib. Wake up, there's a new guy up there. And I, and I wake up and I look at him, he looks like a high school kid, this tall, skinny kid. And I remember thinking, oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> oh, can't I go back to sleep? And, and, until he started to speak. And uh, that was the beginning of, uh, of many messages that I would hear from you, young man. Uh, and uh, and many times that you would touch me and my family uh, and and all of us who were privilege to get in a room. Uh, We all owe you a lot. I owe you, for instance, the fact that I'm no longer afraid to get in a room with a Baptist minister, (laughs) which at one time uh, I was. I had a chance to listen to Tom in front of this audience, in front of uh, Johnny's school, both Johnny's schools in, in uh, Stony Brook, and then again at Gordon College, and watched him uh, reach out, as Linda says, and sort of stab these kids and decide where they weren't looking. Uh, you have a gift, young man, uh, that uh, many, not many people, uh, are granted. Right, uh, and uh, I am uh, very, very pleased and proud uh, to have been part of bringing you. Who, who would have, if you don't believe in spiritual journeys? That some skinny kid born in uh, Murray, Kentucky, right, goes off to Princeton, uh, moves on to a sort of a, a multi-faceted uh, church in Queens, and ends up with a bunch of Italians here in Middle Island. <laughs> I mean, quite a trip, you know. <laughs> and who knows where you're going after this?
4: <laughs> you
1: gotta be us, yeah. So um, I I just leave you with this. Uh, Those of us who have met you are better off for having met you, my friend. And and I try to think of a word, and it's two, and all I can think of is thank you. you. Amen. Thank you, thank you.
0: Well, I'm not nearly as funny as either of you. Sounds like we have the next Tom up here. <laughs> you did recently retire from that CEO position. Maybe you'd like a part-time visiting preacher? What do you here? You need a little help in certain areas, so <laughs> we'll go into that at another time. Because today's all about you. <laughs> So I, too, am so grateful for what you have been and the way that you've extended yourself and the way that you've paid the cost of discipleship. And grateful for the way you kept the baseball team of Gordon College awake. Apparently, you were the only chapel speaker that did that, according to the captain. and the way you extended yourself, and were never afraid to approach those subjects that the youth of today really needs to hear, you did it with humor and with grace. And it's your gift. And you opened your gifts, and you use them daily. I pray that God um, just explodes your gifts down south, you for you and Jackie, and that new beginnings occur uh, for the second half of your life with the Amen. Amen. Uh, Amen. the. Uh, remaining time that you have I um, woke up actually thinking about um, what I was feeling about your leaving I'm the crier
1: I'm not (laughs) it is so true I, I can't wait. As a fact, she did
4: wake up.
5: Thank you.
0: He's really darling. He just has this veneer of being fresh. He's really extremely sweet, but he's got this tough job, so it's this exterior. Yeah. So I I woke up really feeling like we're grieving a little bit and it's the grieving process because you're a member of this family and we've grown to love you and it's a loss. And then this poem came to mind that I haven't seen in print since my grandmother died probably 40 years ago, maybe more. And I... I have it for you. I'm not one that recites poetry, but here it goes. The tide recedes and leaves behind bright seashells on the sand. The sun goes down. Great warmth remains upon the land. The music stops, yet echoes on in sweet refrains, and for every joy that passes, something beautiful remains. And so... I think that God gave me that for you because that's so not me to wake up with prose on my mind. (laughs) And so um, thank you for all of those sweet seashells that you leave behind for us, whether it's Becky Bible who found the books before you did and who taught us that there were 603 more commandments than we ever knew, <laughs> Becky Bible, right? Or the Ford uh, Arrow Star minivan and the ninja dad slapping the kids on the way to church and Mrs. Richter blessings. Good morning. (laughs) Everything is lovely, right? So we could all relate to you because you were human and you took it back into our car and back into our homes and our parenting style. And so I know there's a cost because there's always a cost. I see it in Team Lechie. There's a big cost every time they get up here. So for the cost that you paid, thank you. For the gifts that you've opened, thank you. And may we be on your heart's And on your minds forevermore. And know that we will be praying for you. And Jackie, thank you. Behind every great man is a woman who really exemplifies service beyond self. And that's you. It's always been you. I saw it at New Life. You're a gracious mom. You're probably a wonderful teacher. We can see that in you. And so we wish you all the best in God's love.
6: Amen.
3: (laughs) Thank you, guys. Those three beautiful children God's given you, Katie, Carson, and Anna, they're just beautiful. I can't believe how they are growing. Wow. Uh, You know, we just feel like probably tons of you want to get up and say something, and you'll certainly have a chance to get up to the Richters, and um, we're going to... Keep them here for a little while after, and and you'll have a chance to tell them your love and and, and tell Tom your gratitude. Uh, But we just asked one or two people to come up just now. Bob Fryer, we just asked Bob to come up and just say a word uh, that's on his heart uh, for the fam, for the family. We can only have a few people speak for the family, but uh, we asked you, Bob. Thank you. What's
6: on your heart? Thank you. Uh, first of all, I'm I'm just so thankful that we have such amazing pastors in here, and uh, although this is so bittersweet with uh, Pastor Tom leaving, um, you know we we know that, you know we're in tremendous hands here, so we, we appreciate that. Um. You're
2: gone with him. <laughs> oh, oh, good.
6: Oh, good. bound. Um, of of all the things, I I guess I tried to just kind of narrow it down to one thing that I I think is just so amazing uh, about Pastor Tom, and and that was his unique ability to be able to um, reach every generation, regardless of age. Um, I mean, who else would be able to uh, bring down a house at Six Flags Great Adventure, um, opening up for casting crowns and uh, uh, for King and Country, and 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 holding kids' attention for an hour in an amusement park. Who else? You know, um, and, and I know Sabrina and I are working with the the twenties group. Um, I know that you and your your messages were always part of a, a spirited discussion that we had with the 20s. Um, already mentioned about Gordon College. I know you touched the the students, the college students at Gordon College, um, and, and even from a personal point, um, you made my daughter, our daughter, Brooke, feel so um, important uh, just by having lunch with her and uh, giving a shout-out during your sermon to City on a Hill Church. uh, So I know those uh, Gordon College kids were touched. Um, Oh, one thing I did forget to mention, during our 20s uh, group, um, I can tell you, um, if you don't already know, that one person in particular I know at a minimum – turn toward Jesus because of your Corinthian grid Amen. So, um, so there was uh, fruit there too um, and, and um, I guess just lastly personally um, you've always had an ability to um, challenge me to look at scripture verse and maybe I've looked at ten times and not seen what you taught like this morning with the treasure chest that you know I'm that treasure Amen. I never looked at it that way before Thank you for for always doing that. And um, I I still use um, your material on how to talk to people about Jesus. Without embarrassing, without embarrassing, <laughs> no. Uh, you, you know my, the message I mean, uh, and and that material is some of the best material I've found still um, to talk to people about th- those challenging, uh, controversial topics like homosexuality, uh, and I haven't found material better than that. So, uh, so I'm you know thankful in my personal life, um, and and just to the Richter family because I, I know the the sacrifice of driving here from Queens on the LIE just to basically get here, you know, sometimes with, with family in, in, in tow, just to turn around and, and head back again so that you could be back uh, for your own church and, and and do it all again. So uh, thank you. Um, you know, we're going to miss you. I know Bama's going to be blessed, but uh, we, we trust that we'll have you back. So thank you.
3: Amen. Well, Joanne read to me. Uh, well, she sent me a copy of what she was going to write in your card, and I said that is amazing. So, will you please? I asked her to read it uh, to you because I thought it was a really very, very. Um, I think all of us will say amen. Uh, that we all feel the same way.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh gosh! I'm here to look at you. <laughs> oh, <beautiful. laughs> After the many years that you have ministered here at our church, I was thinking of the one overall thing I was left with. And I would have to say it was hearing the contemporary, playful voice of the Lord between the scriptures. Hmm. I would almost say that the Bible was almost could be likened to text messaging between God and man. Hmm. But when you're texting... You look at the words on the page, but they lack the seeing into someone's eyes, the hearing their voice with all their inflections, seeing their body language as they speak, and all the other nuances that bring fullness to our communication. But in your style of teaching, you have filled in those blank spaces with your animated speaking style, your lighthearted present-day humor that has caused me to view the scriptures from another vantage point and seeing another side of God Mm -hmm. I find it's amazing that with each preacher they bring so much of themselves to their teachings of Jesus that you can see him from those different angles and by so doing the face of God becomes clearer and clearer Mm -hmm. so we thank you for that so true
3: so true he lives in us. We get a glimpse of him in our brothers and sisters. So I'm going to ask Pastor James to come up. He's going to say a few words, and then it, three of us uh, are going to pray for Jackie and for Tom and bless them on their way out, and then we'll have a chance to break. Huh? No, first you're just going to you're going to just say a few words, and then we're going to have Dan join us. Okay. Okay.
5: Well, uh, I would say, no, I— just sitting here taking everything in I, I purposely didn't prepare anything um i've you know i've spent a lot of time with tom outside of the church uh he's the real deal as as a as a man of god what you see in here is what he's like when he's not in the pulpit uh he's an extraordinary individual i just love the fact to be honest too with with the body he's a normal Christian. (laughs) Like, we could have normal conversations, and he could be open and transparent. We both could, and be vulnerable about whatever was going on in life. Uh, We didn't have to hide. Uh, I'm not going to sit up here and cry. Uh, You know, I could say a lot. uh, I I feel like this is like a piece of heaven this morning. You really enjoying this meeting? I don't know the last time I sat and and just took everything in, just so enjoyed it. The love that's in the room that permeated this this place and uh, all these words it is it really is like heaven right to, to feel this love it's a special kind of feeling and um, I, I'm going to miss everything you know I'm going to miss everything about you first I, I John and Elaine I want to thank you too as somebody that you brought him into my life
7: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned a lot from you
5: you know we're the same age I'm a little older than you but uh Sometimes I look up to you, and I so respect the gift that God's given you, Jackie. I know you're his number one fan. I'm one of his biggest fans. <laughs> Didn't know that. And uh, do you ever need anything? I'd be there for you. Okay. Really, if you called me and said I need something, I would jump on a plane and come down to Alabama. And and be there for you, uh, whatever you need. I'm just thankful that this really isn't goodbye, that you will come back one day. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just an immense gift that you've been to all of us. I'm thankful. So these are like almost tears of joy for me, Mm -hmm. that I'm thankful that we got to share you for this long. I I knew this day was coming. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was going to be years ago. I never thought we'd have you here this long. But thank you for uh, being an amazing friend. Thank you for all that you've taught me and and listened to me. And uh, we need to do Luger's one more time before you go. (laughs) Serious. We need to go out. And I will make a a trip down there to Alabama just to see him. I could see him, but I'm obviously not. I'm just trying to keep it together. Stay right here. Uh, Come on. Uh,
3: We have some things. Jackie and Tom, we're going to ask you to come up. Uh, We have something we want to give Jackie over there. Christy made a beautiful cake for you. She's amazing, that lady. Where do you see? Bring that cake out. Amazing.
1: I love language (laughs) is (laughs) cards.
3: We knew that. We knew that. We knew that. Some flowers for you. Look at, oh, my word. Are you kidding? Show those people what this looks like. That's not like a normal. Oh my! That's not a normal cake, Christy. Holy Toledo! You out? Where is Christy? Stand up, Christy. You outdid yourself. Where is she, Christy? You stand up. Stand up, Christy. Whoa! Wow, Naim. I wouldn't want to be you walking with that cake down those stairs, brother. Um, That's a little box with cards for people with some of their memories and some of the things they wanted to say to you. Um, But what we want to do now is just join with uh, new hope as God leads you on to the new season in your life. And we want to release you uh, with our blessing on you both and your family. We just know we're excited. We want you to keep us updated on all the good things God's doing in, in Alabama. We just want to lay hands on you now and just pray for you. And bless you. Come on, Jack. You stand. Get next to Tom. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Ah, Well, Father, we just want to thank you for the many, many ways that you come into our lives through people. So many people. So many different ways. So many different personalities. Lord, we never expected to meet Tom and Jackie. It was a little secret, a little blessing you had in store for us. We can just picture you with a big smile on your face, just saying, Oh, what do you see when I've got waiting for you? <laughs> and, Father, we just thank you that those kind of, the kind of connection we've had with Tom and Jackie, you can't make happen because love was there instantly before we even met one another and talked and that's always, we know that you're you're there. And so we thank you for all the times that our brother came in and washed our feet. For the times we were discouraged, from the times there was doubt, from the times there were fear. Father, whatever we were walking through, our brother came in and got down on his knees with a basin and took out that towel and washed the world off of our feet and we could keep going and Father, so we do come with great thanksgiving for them and we want to now Father, with tears in our eyes and a very heavy heart but joy, that there we go that joy and that cost are running together for us this morning with joy we want to release them into your absolute perfect plan for this family lord we want to say that uh, as the leaders in this place we thank you for them and now we bless them to be used in phenomenal and great ways in, in, that, in that that town doesn't know what they're in for holy cow but we release him to release them to be a blessing where they are going to bring the kingdom to break open the kingdom in a new way in that place um father we bless them as they as they walk out this door
5: yes lord i just i ask you to just unleash his ministry there father i just see a picture of of people flocking to to the church Lord, young and old and, and people, that it, it spreads like like a, it goes viral. And everybody in the surrounding towns, everyone hears about this amazing minister, Tom Richter, and his beautiful family, Lord, and that they would want to come and they would want to worship there. Lord, so turn that place upside down. Turn it upside down, Lord. Have your way. Father, I ask uh, the Windsor Revival, Lord, that would come down there to Alabama. Lord, I speak against any religion. Lord, I just ask that Tom would be a breath of fresh air. Lord, I don't know anything about that church. I bless that church, Father. But I ask that he would bring freedom. Lord, that anybody that's shackled, anybody that sees uh, you up there looking down with rules and everything you have to do to follow, Lord, I ask that he would bring real freedom and that there would be real sovereign joy that he talks about and he lives and people see it and it's contagious. Make his life contagious. Father, use him in mighty ways down there, Lord. And also I ask, Lord, I ask that you give him time to write books. Lord, I'm gonna be a nightmare in his life, Lord, if he doesn't write books. But Lord, I just and I thank you. We bless him as he leaves here, the tremendous blessing, Lord, that you've given this little church that we got to share this man. And uh, just, wow, may we never um, lose sight of that. May we never take that for granted. What you gave us for these ten and a half, eleven years. I'm so I'm so grateful, Lord. Thank you.
7: Yes, Lord. Just look to you. I get this picture of uh, the Lord's face is upon you. And that as you uh, travel, you're almost, uh, well, you really are the footloose character coming into town. <laughs> and uh, and you're, you're going to uh, take on a new move and a new level of life that's going to come to that place. And uh, I, I really believe you're going to rock the town, you know. And uh, there are things that God has in store that you don't even know. And as we uh, as we approach this time, it's a blessing for us to share this wonderful partnership because the journey is just another chapter. And we just look ahead to what God has planned. He's already planned it all, and we just in- encouraged and uh, thank you, Lord, in every way for the blessing that has carried us here for 10 years, that it will do decades further into the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And may you be the anointed one that shows up. And I do pray the covering of Jesus as this church over you by the blood of Jesus, that you stand covered, protected, and encouraged in the services that God has for you. In Jesus' name. Yeah. 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 Thank
3: Wait, one more thing. One more thing. Wait, we're not done. I'm not done. There's one more thing I want to pray for you. Stop. Break it up. Break it up. Break it up. One Wait, more thing. You need, you, one, one,
5: one thing. It, how appropriate that mm. you we ended with a, a, a pastor Joeyism.
3: Absolutely. So appropriate. But no no, one more thing. I I have I want to pray. I want to pray for the Richter family right here. Jesus. Not not just Tom's ministry. Yes. But we want to pray, first of all, we want to pray for this marriage. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're not ignorant of this, the enemy's devices. And we want to thank you that in your sovereign providence in life, you brought these two people together because they both love you and because you brought a bond to them that they have been, they have been joined together to serve you. And, Father, we pray that nothing will ever hinder that bond. Nothing will ever hinder, will come between these two in their marriage and in their walk with one another. Father, we pray for a special covering over their marriage, over their children. Father, we ask you that your hand will be on them. Bring the right teachers, the right friends. Cover, bring up the right people around them now. Bring people that can really, real people that will stand with them and hold Tom's hands up in the days that he needs his hands, hands raised. Bring the right people around him, Father. Father, we pray for this family, for your protection and your covering, Father, for every day of their lives, Lord bless them now bless this marriage bless this family bless these children cover them always father and in such such a man as this who has such amazing gifting cover his father cover him that the devil will never come in that you'll keep him as humble as he is now lord that satan will never come in and and, and rob him of the sincere full heart he has to humbly just be a humble servant that's what we love about him we're not ignorant of satan's devices now cover him put strong friends around him that will talk truth to him and love the two of them no matter where they walk and we release right now those people into their lives today father and now we ask for that amazing joy we ask for such fun when they get there we ask for absolute joy for this family lord we're just going to hear great reports And we're going to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.